Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Mo Carter, a singer-songwriter who will be performing a musical tour of the Figgy Art Museum in Davenport this Thursday, March 12th. Welcome, Mo. Thanks for having me. Well, I must say, I love the idea of looking at paintings while also listening to live music. Describe what will happen on Thursday night. So essentially what I'm going to be doing is I have selected a handful of art pieces that I personally like as well as I kind of wanted to also have a tie into the, the songs that I'll be performing to have a shared connection. And I also challenged myself to select an artwork that kind of spoke to me and I wrote a whole new song based off that art piece. And you, you'll be you'll be walking, so you'll be literally walking around. Yes, this is so like you'll a roving be, band. Yeah, so you'll be following <laughs> me around the museum as I take you to each art piece, and, and then I'll talk about it, and as well as perform the song in front of the art piece as well. Mm-hmm. Approximately how many pieces are you planning on, on giving this tour? I'm thinking hopefully doing five or so. I'm going to do a final walkthrough this week and kind of nail down my, my little path, and then um, I'll be joined by my bandmate, um, Melinda Leesman, on violin. Mm-hmm. So she'll be performing with me, too. So, you know, music, looking carefully at a picture while listening to music, it it really gives you a new lens through which you can see the art. Uh, And also the fact that you're listening to music and simultaneously looking at a piece – you're spend, you'll be spending more time than, than probably you normally would Absolutely. in front of a, a piece of uh, art. So I think just simply the, the fact that, that you're standing there for a longer period of time, it probably pick up more than you would normally see at a, at a, at a closer yeah. glance. And you'll probably have obviously more my interpretation of the piece because art you know, speaks differently to different people and you perceive something differently. So this will be obviously more my perspective of the art and the music. And that's why I really wanted to kind of write a new song off a piece and kind of capture the essence of the art through song. Mm-hmm. So I really pushed myself to do that, and I really love the song that I wrote. Can you elaborate on on one particular <laughs> painting that you've selected and, and, and probably the one that you wrote the, your original song for? Yes, it's uh, um, it's called Clouds Over Blue Hills, and it's Robert Canipus, and he is on oil on canvas. And it's uh, obviously trees, scenery, and it's like a lot of – to me, I looked at it and I saw these uh, – almost like a calm before the storm, but that's not what his intention was when he painted this piece. But I felt that way, like a certain stillness about the piece. And I was kind of moved by it. Um, The trees were bending, but they weren't breaking. So I just felt compelled to write this song. And I I do use the line, clouds over blue hills, in the first line of the lyric. So um, I just felt, I don't know, it had a connection to it and just kind of took me inside of that painting. How did this project come about? Um, I was contacted by Melissa Moore. They've actually done this once before. Um, Actually, my friend Abby Sawyer had done it um, many years ago, and she kind of laid the ground base for it. So I kind of have an idea of what I'm doing based off what she did. Um, So they don't do it that often, but she saw me at an event, and she reached out to me later on. It's like, hey, I thought of you. Would you be interested in doing this? I was like, absolutely. This is such a cool concept and event. You don't do it that often. And more people are actually intrigued with this than coming to another show because it's just so different. Mm -hmm. It is so different. Melissa Malore is the director of education at the Vicky and has been really quite instrumental in bringing new types of novel programming uh, and this I would st- certainly put in, into that category. Absolutely. 
and, and you literally are walking yes. from gallery to gallery. Yeah, so it'll be like acoustic, so I won't be able to plug in. So I'll, we'll just have to do the natural acoustics of the museum. So that's why I kind of um, – I have a piano player. I'm like, I would have loved to have her on board, but really we're going to be walking around. So violin and guitar seem to make sense to um, for this event. Mm-hmm. You know, this interaction between visual – art and music, um, when I was thinking about you looking at a painting and writing writing a song, there there's a long history of musicians inspired by visual art. Um, I love jazz, so I always think of Nat King Cole's Mona Lisa. That's kind of a classic one. But it goes the other way, too. You know, artists are influenced by my music. Apparently, Jackson Pollock was very influenced by, by jazz. Um, and their, uh, you know, Andy Warhol was influenced by the rock band, the Velvet Underground. <laughs> so, so there does seem to be over time, over, over even centuries, um, some influence goes back and forth. Yeah. We've also had like local artists come to events and paint live during shows, which I think is cool that we have local artists doing that too. They're painting while you're performing on stage? Yeah. Not in, uh, it happens at, mostly at River Music Experiences live at five. We have a local artist that will come down and paint during the live performance. And then usually people buy them right afterwards or he gives them to the band. It's pretty cool. I saw something along those lines at the Rust Belt yeah. um, at one concert. I wonder if it was the same same artist. Well, tell us a little bit about your background. You're, you're from St. Louis originally. When, when did your musical training begin? Uh, I, around eight, I started playing piano. My mom asked me if I wanted to play piano because I think she had a, a lead on a cheap upright piano for the house so she asked me if I was interested and I immediately said yes and I took piano lessons for 10 years and did competitions and recitals um I was in choir in high school I always had a longing desire to star in a musical but I didn't have any confidence in myself (laughs) (laughs) which is so funny because you obviously have a lot of confidence on stage now now I do And do you think it just took time yeah. to work through that? I was really nervous. I, that's why I sang in choir because it wasn't like isolating. You know, you sang in a group of people and you weren't in, you weren't in the spotlight. But um, I didn't really actually sing in front of people till college. Hmm. I was that scared. And you came to college right here in the Quad Cities. Yeah, St. Ambrose University. Hmm. When did you pick up the guitar? Uh, I was probably thirteen, and kind of over overlapped. Um, I think if, I think when you have instruments available to you, you can you know, the opportunity presents itself. I taught my, I was mostly self-taught. Luckily, my piano books had guitar chords in there. So I just kind of taught myself chords. And then my mom decided she'd get me some guitar lessons. So I've been in and out of guitar lessons through many years and different instructors. So, but yeah, mostly self-taught. When you came to St. Ambrose um, and began to perform, how, how did that work? How did, how did you first, um, how did you first appear on stage? There was a uh, open mic called Inside Down There in the Beehive, and um, I wanted I got up the courage to perform one night, and I I started with um, I played Rocky Raccoon of all songs by the Beatles. I don't I don't know why <laughs> I felt like doing that song, and then uh, I was very nervous. And then this, I and then I kept going back, and I did I did Me and Bob McGee by Janis you know well, Janis Joplin's version of it. And then after that, I started going to bars that had open mic nights and kind of just started putting myself out there and going back again and again and again, because you're not great when you first start performing, you know? 
Right. You really have to hone that skill. Absolutely. I feel like I'm still honing it in after all these years. It's still, I mean, I'm still improving each year. So it takes, it takes time and, and lots of practice to really, really become a seasoned performer. So those upper open mic nights, you were getting up by yourself, but then you had another transition to make, which was playing as, as part of a band. Yes. Yeah. I first, I did that solo. And then, you know, you, they always say it's always good to play with people that are better than you because you can learn and also then you get you get better yourself so I was always playing by myself mostly because I didn't think I was good enough to play with other people (laughs) um but then uh I have some friends that kind of all came back to the area that we all went to Ambrose together and we formed the Buster Chandeliers that was the first like band I was in with we were all female a band and because we were like, well, let's just, we all play music. Why don't we play music together? And then we put out an, we put out an album together. Things kind of, you know, when people moved or everything kind of changed. And I was kind of doing some solo stuff after a while. Started playing with um, a friend that his band, you know, kind of fell, uh, kind of broke up, um, Tom Swanson. And then we kind of started doing duo stuff. And then we realized, well, full band's just way more fun. So we formed the Veelies. Mm-hmm. And you're playing with them now. What what what's their sound like? We're I would just say we're indie rock and roll. Like we're just a little, yeah. We we like to rock the stage and we're loud. <laughs> your, your your other band though. You're in a second group called Mo and Co. Yes. How does that band differ? Because I, I understand the genre is is different. Yes, very different. Um, I would say so. That's the keyboard player from Bus Chandeliers, Amy Foley who we started doing some stuff on the side because we we co-write a lot of songs together. And I was like, well, this is fun. She's like, we need a violin player. We're at a raccoon show one night, and we saw us playing violin. She's like, we need a violin. I'm like, I know exactly who we're going to call. Call Melinda Leesman. She's like, I'm down. And then we got Andy Ross, our drummer. So we formed Mo & Co. And I have a really hard time describing us because we have the, pot, the piano, the violin, the guitar, and the drums. And then my sound engineer, Pat Stolly, who recorded at here in Rock Island at Future Apple Tree Studios, he said I sounded like Kate Bush meets Stevie Nicks, which I thought was an interesting description of our music. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the heavy piano sounds that we get from it. Uh-huh. Now, in part, also you're known you know, for your original songwriting, and you recently recorded four new songs with a release party planned next month. So congratulations Thank you. on that. What, what was your inspiration in writing those? Um, well, like I said, it's a combination. That's why bands are great because you can have group collaboration. So they're not all my songs. We all, I sing them all. I've written, I wrote the four out of the four. I wrote one. I've co-wrote another one with Amy in the band. And then our violin player, Melinda, wrote one. And Amy wrote another one called the first one, Fire and Lullaby. So they all have different backgrounds and um, kind of different feels, but they flow really nicely together. Did you record them here in the Quad Cities? Yeah, we did at Future Apple Tree Studios with Pat Stolle. He We actually recorded it on tape, so analog, which is a lot more difficult than doing digital because you have to do everything <laughs> perfectly and you can't, there's no auto, no autocorrect. There's no, you want to do your harmony, you want to double your vocals, you have to go do it again and, and nail it. So why did you decide, since it's more difficult, to do it that way? I think the sound of tape um, just has a certain sound and vibe to it and a feel that you just don't get when you have digital. And um, I like, I like, I have a big record collection, so I like to listen to a lot of stuff on, uh, you know, old equipment. And I just like the sound of it. So we, and I really like Pat, so we work really well together and he's a pro. That release party will be coming up at Roz Talks yeah. at the end of April. Yep. I'm so, very excited about it. Yeah. 
that venue itself is pretty spectacular. Yeah, we wanted a more small, intimate space to kind of, um, you know, I really feel these songs when I sing them, so I really want to convey that to the audience, so I wanted people to be more engaged. Mm -hmm. How can people listen to your music? Well, I do have a Facebook page, Mo Carter. You can find me, um, or there's my MoCarter.com, and then we do have a Mo & Co. Facebook page, and we will be releasing a b music on Bandcamp, but we're holding out till the show. Which is April 25th. Yep, at Ross Talks. At Ross Talks, all right. Well, Mo Carter, thank you so much for talking today. Thanks for having me. Head to the Figgy Art Museum this Thursday, March 12th, to experience Mo Carter's musical musings throughout their galleries starting at 6.30 p.m. Admission to the Figgy is free of charge every Thursday evening. A list of additional upcoming performances can be viewed on our Facebook page, Mo Carter Music. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Yeah,